Welcome to Godsplaining, contemplative preachers, contemporary age. Each week, join the Dominican friars as they consider all things Catholic. Hi, welcome back to Godsplaining. Uh, happy to have you listening with us this episode. I am Father Joseph Anthony Cress. I am the chaplain at the University of Virginia in Charlottesville, Virginia. And today I am joined by Father Bonaventure Chapman up in Washington, D.C. Father Bonaventure, how are you doing? What's happening for you right oh, now? Doing great. I'm excited. It's fall. Um, <laughs> there's something about kind of the fall weather. We, up in D.C., of course, uh, it's really hot in the summer, and this summer it was it was really hot and sticky, and I just, I hate that stuff. <laughs> um, but now we've switched into kind of the full fall effect. So you have festive gourd season, and you've got the kind of cool breezes, um, pumpkins. I mean, it's, I love fall. I, I never take advantage of it. I never feel like I, I, I fully live through fall. I get excited, and then I realize it's November, and it's time for winter. And the winter's great. I love winter, too. But, like, <laughs> fall is that season where I feel like I should always take advantage of it. And, like, I don't know what that means, though. I think sitting around outside with apple cider or something. I don't think I'll do yeah, that. Like, well, typically for fall, like, everybody has to start wearing flannel. And that doesn't really work yeah, in Yeah, it doesn't really work for us. That's true. Yeah. I so mean, I think like, we're missing out in a little bit of there. But we can still sit candy, around a campfire and watch Yeah, candy corn. Cider. Yeah, hot cider. I mean, candy corn kind of in the room or something, maybe. There's little ways that you can, and grabbing, like, uh, the leaves start to turn. There's this kind of beautiful yeah. tree we have in the in the cloister of, of Dominican House of Studies that turns this brilliant, like, this bright red, and then it kind of mm. fades a dark red, and it becomes leathery almost uh, as it approaches death. And I love following out. You can feel those leaves as you're going around. And, it's kind of uh, a symbol like, for our life, too, right? You yeah, well, that's, before well, you I mean, die. that's... Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, pelts. We can make belts out of ourselves. Um, so. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what an image. Oh, um, here we are. Um, but, how are but, but how are you doing, Father Joseph Anthony? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm starting to experience fall here in Central Virginia. And in the Blue Ridge, oh, great. Uh, it yes. is spectacular. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, I went golfing yesterday, and I love to golf. I love to get outside and, and uh, to shoot around and whatnot. But I was out on the course the other day, and the leaves had started to change. Which is oh, like yeah. absolutely spectacular to see the fairways lined with you know reds and yellows and whatnot, but it's absolutely horrendous for me because I very rarely hit the fairway. I'm always in the woods, and so like I have to go hunt for a golf ball now, like underneath all these piles of leaves. So it makes the game a lot harder for me because I can't control the the flight of my ball, and it ends up in the the woods all the time. But it's beautiful nonetheless. So yeah. All right. Uh, now let's get into um, kind of what we're all here for today. Uh, yeah. We're going to be talking about the three ages of the spiritual life or the three ages of the interior life, mm. which um, is a book by a Dominican father, Reginald Garrigou Lagrange, where he kind of takes this really in-depth look at the spiritual life and makes some distinctions through it. And those distinctions have been very helpful, um, and they're rooted in a long tradition in the Christian life. But we want to take a moment to kind of like just to do a quick overview, talk about the different um, kind of ages or stages of a spiritual life, how we can delineate them, but also then how is that important? Why is that important for us? So Bonaventure, when we talk about the spiritual mm -hmm. life, like why is it important to kind of look at it as a little bit of a gradation or, you know, that it's, it has this different kind of phases in it? Yeah, it's, you know, if we think about, like, growth in anything, there seems to be, like, there's two kind of models for it. There could be, there's 
what you could say, continuous, kind of organic mm-hmm. growth. So if I look at a plant, for instance, you can't usually watch plants grow unless you see corn or something that's moving quick enough. Um, but like there's, it's just kind of corn just grows straight up more or less, right? It's kind of growing. I don't know anything about corn, but I think this is how plants work. Um, they don't like drop down. If you just keep feeding them and all this, they just kind of keep moving and you could, they're, they're getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, organic growth is kind of like this, right? Like we, you know, when you're younger, you kind of grow bigger and bigger. Like you don't, the baby doesn't all of a sudden get, you know, it's like, oh, she's two feet this year, but oh, she dropped down to one feet. I'm hoping she's going to get up to three feet next year, but she kind of goes up. No, it's like this continuous development process. And it's hard to, like, you can't, you can divide that at different points, but it's arbitrary in the sense of, like, one year old, one year and day old, one year and two days old, this kind of thing. Like, it's a continuous process mm-hmm. that you mark off by birthdays, but what really is the diff? It's not like when you turn 14, there's a new joint, that legal joint of, like, 21, which has certain privileges involved in it, aren't based on, like, the fact that oh there's something corresponding to your biological growth so mm-hmm. it's they're just they're imposed by us on this in a way so it's one continuous and the other one is like a punctuated equilibrium you could say so you have growth like it jumps so you have like distinct stages so instead of like instead of like the way that we might grow you could think of as say a caterpillar and a butterfly right so when you have a caterpillar it's growing it's growing it's growing the normal stage and then like it cocoons itself and you could say that's kind of a stopping point thing. And then it turns, as if by magic, into the butterfly. Now, within that, you could say there's, there's developmental growth uh, that's more continuous. Yeah. Yeah. But looking at the butterfly, the caterpillar to the butterfly, those seem very distinct as opposed to looking at a young child to an older child. That seems like we got the same thing here. We weren't expecting to see. But the caterpillar, it's not clear to anyone, at least to me, that you look at the caterpillar and you see, oh, wings. You know, that's what's <laughs> going to happen here. Yeah. So the question is, with the growth in the spiritual life, you know, what is it? And one, of course, we have this sense of that spiritual life is this continuous kind of thing. Like, I pray more and I just get better and better and better and better and sort of thing. And there's no distinct, you could say, stages. But the tradition, especially the Carmelites, who are masters, absolute masters of the spiritual life, um, because of all the contemplation they do, uh, they have seen more of the punctuated equilibrium part, mm-hmm. that there is this these distinct stages. While, of course, there's vagueness around the border, and of course they overlap a bit, the butterfly right, and the caterpillar right. overlap. Nonetheless, it's helpful to distinguish them in the way that it is between a butterfly and a caterpillar. That, so, that's, so that's setting the scene, is that the spiritual life has a distinct like stopping points or punctuated equilibrium, you could say, along the way. That's the tradition. I mean, we all want to just become spiritual butterflies. Like that's that's our goal in the spiritual life is to yeah, just... monarchs of the spiritual yeah. life, you could say. Yeah. No, but I, I think that's uh that's important. Like, yes, there's always going to be overlap, and there's always going to be these kind of like blurred areas of the transitions from you know phase to phase, and and that's part of something we can talk about a little later, or maybe a whole another episode. But to say that, like, yeah, there are aspects of the spiritual life and things that are appropriate um, to each phase. And so Mm. um, when we look at that, and this is something that we're going to kind of dive into for the rest of this episode, is these kind of three stages. Like I said, Mm. that, um, you know, from our Dominican tradition um, are written in extreme detail by Father uh, Gergi Lagrange and um, his entire um, huge work on the three ages of the interior life. He talks about the three stages. There's a beginner stage, there's the proficient, and the perfect, right? Also known as purgative, 
um, illuminative and unitive ways that like at, at these three stages, like the spiritual life, the prayer, the person themselves has different, um, different things that are appropriate to that phase. And it's not mm -hmm. as this, this like, okay, this like slow gradation. And I think another way is like basically walking into the ocean. Like you're going to slowly mm -hmm. walk deeper, 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 deeper into this water and without ever realizing that you're at different stages. But like mm -hmm. there are certain things that are appropriate to each phase and to help us. The reason why you do this, right, is to help us in our prayer mm -hmm. to know what we should expect and have realistic expectations and not to be expecting us to be acting like, you know, uber saints when we've had just an initial conversion. Well, I think, and I think, I think we'll do your, we'll do your analogy with the walking into the ocean deeper and deeper, although it strikes me you're going to end up being eaten by something in there. But, um, so Megalodons. as we go deeper and deeper, Megalodons, yeah, you yeah. could say that, um, you could say that as you go in deeper and deeper at certain stages, although of course there's continuity, there's certain stages clearly where you need different equipment to be right. there. So like yep. when you're just like walking in the beach and going in there, you don't need anything really, just like a beach ball and a, and a bathing suit or whatever you go in or have it. Um, and you're just wandering in there and it's fine, like in maybe a fishing net or something. But then as you get deeper and you want to go deeper in, well, you, you know, you might need a snorkel, right? You want to be underwater past that, past the waves, but you want to be still kind of attached, snorkel. But you can't go deep enough which is the snorkel if you go deep enough at some point you're going to actually need like a scuba tank now a scuba tank in the beginning stage would be overkill and would actually like defeat the purpose of what you're doing so if you were like hey let's go out and play in the waves a bit i'm going to set up with my huge equipment it might be like one of those even back in the old days with those giant you know with like the water metal, bells like the big copper, metal like yeah, yeah, yeah. that was two thousand leagues under the sea or something like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, like you can't it actually you can't be a you can't play in the on the, in the water like running around playing games or some volleyball in there or whatever you're throwing the football or throwing the frisbee or playing with your dog with that giant suit like yeah, it's not going like to help even though that suit even though that seat sand. is cool exactly but if you're nonetheless on the other side of it if you're going and actually going into the reef down there the the snorkel well you're gonna need something and even a snorkel isn't enough or like a right. bag over your head you know yeah. so there but so even though even though the water is getting deeper along a continuous path there are like certain joints these punctuated equilibria where different equipment and different expectations mm -hmm. for you to enjoy and live in those things and it's you do want to make sure you're aware of of wh which stage you're in so that you have mm -hmm. the right equipment for that yeah. So let's dive in, and before we hit our break, point, <laughs> dive in. <laughs> you see what I did? <laughs> uh, let's dive in. Before we hit our break point, I want to discuss that kind of first stage. Let's talk mm, about the, yeah. the beginner, the purgative way, um, and some of the things that uh, denote what that looks like. Well, I think um, the first thing to understand is that the purgative way, the beginners, um, are that initial conversion, right? It, it's marked by um, periods of kind of vocal prayer. Uh, aff affective prayer, and it's the beginnings of the purification of our senses, right? The purifications of these like kind of exterior, interior um, mortifications that we have. But you see that like it's that beginning stage of what detachment from sin and attachment to God. Now it's not the completion of it, and that means it's not going to be uh, perfectly executed every single time. But it's the beginning of, of transitioning from an attachment to earthly things and an attachment to spiritual things in God himself. So that means there's a mortification. That means that prayer is very um, affective and vocal in those ways. So it has this work more on the exterior than anything else. Mm. 
Yeah, this I would say, <clears throat> in a way, the purgative the purgative way is is a very active kind of spiritual mm-hmm. life. It's an active prayer. When we say spiritual life here, we I think we mean you know, the life of prayer. So the the contempt the aiming for contemplation, but the kind of internal life of of talking to God. So knowing God lovingly, as I would say, oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and and so. In, at this stage, it's an active one. It's we're we're, do, we're actually doing things now. You're you're not actively in a sense of running around the chapel or in whatever your room, but you are. You're with your intentions, your mental act. You're intending things. Um, yeah. You're actually oftentimes fighting things. Mm-hmm. So dist- you're 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 trying to you're making choices about where you pray, when you pray, and how you pray. You have you might have methods. This might be start with you might have prayers you like to say, um, mm-hmm. or prayers you like to pray. You might have. Um, Active choices in terms of fighting off distractions, choosing things to meditate upon, you know, saying, I'm going to think about the gospel today, I'm going to read it, and then I'm going to pray with it. If you're Ignatian, you might have the kind of Ignatian method to use here. Um, you might have, so it's, it has this, and it's still, it, it is prayer. It's not a preparation for prayer. It is an active form of prayer where you're having a conversation with Christ, but you are, in a sense, one, choosing the kind of ways of doing this, and two, at the same time, for that, you're fighting off the kind of senses. You're moving towards conversation with Christ while realizing that you're in the world. It's in a sense, we might be better at this than, than they are, than better images this now, but in the sense that we have so much noise and stuff around us yeah. that you can imagine talking to someone and also having something else in your ear. And you're trying to like get that, to stop listening to that noise outside of you, whether it's in your earbud or whether it's just yeah. in the area, and focus on this person. And so you're talking to the person, of course, you're having a conversation with the person, but you're also trying to block out what's happening around you on a busy street or something. So it is an active form of prayer, but it has this, it's purgative in the sense that it's moving away from our senses. It's lifting us up from the day-to-day humdrum experience mm-hmm. and turning to Christ in that. So it's a, it's a real form of prayer, even though it's the beginning, we say. Uh, it's it's more like a beginning in a way that St. Thomas Aquinas says the Summa Theologiae is for beginners. Like, that's a that's a big book. This is a fine form of prayer. It's not yeah, to say, this like, is... this is this is like babies crawling, and, you know, I hope that if you, you know, you've never prayed if you haven't moved past this. But that's the start of it. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point that I want to, like, it's not that this is just like, oh, that's cute for you, but wait till you get older and, and really know how to pray. Like, no, this is real, authentic prayer. The Holy Spirit moves in very big ways at the beginnings of our lives so like none of this is inauthentic none of this is is fake um but it all actually has to begin here like you can't jump over this and this is where it's like yeah actually if you're just in your swim trunks um and you're jumping down into the coral reef without you know preparing and knowing how to use your snorkels and uh scuba gear then it's going to get very um, problematic. So, mm-hmm. uh, this is authentic. This is real prayer. Um, but this is where it begins and there's nothing wrong at saying that this is where it begins. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, uh, let's pause there for uh, a few seconds and then we'll jump back in, talk about the last two ages and then some implications for our prayer life. See you soon. You are listening to Godsplaining. Visit us at godsplaining.org to listen to our episodes, shop our store, and donate to our podcast. All gifts go to improving the podcast and bringing the gospel to more listeners. Thanks for your support. 
Welcome back, and uh, thank you for continuing to be with us on this episode. I'm Father Joseph Anthony Cress, and I'm joined by Father Bonaventure Chapin. And we are discussing the three ages of the interior life, or three stages of the spiritual life, as expressed um, by Father Garigou Lagrange, a French Dominican. So uh, we spoke a little bit about the importance of kind of breaking down the spiritual life into its uh, into distinct parts. And this is one way of doing it. There are many other ways, you know, um, what's her name? Teresa of Avila did it with her mansions and um, made it basically a heavenly like trailer park of different places to be. Um, but this is what uh, Dominicans end up doing. I've always is. liked I've always liked hers, and I've always thought it, it's it's not good for me because of course lizards show up and toads and show up mansions, and those are bad things. And the, and so they only Weird, show up. Though. I think they I think they stop at the sixth mansion if I remember correctly. Um, but for me, like I love toads and lizards, so I know they're supposed to be like the distractions. But for me, they would be like a desirable thing to have there. Mm. And maybe that maybe that's the point. But anyway, but isn't the, the I, sixth I, it, mansion like yeah. pretty high up there? It's pretty high up, and that's the weird part. But I'm, I, you know, I don't know the Carmelites' tradition very well, so I'm sure there's even even at the highest, at, at the more higher, at the higher levels, there's still these kind of you know things laying around that can. But you're just you you treat them differently. So instead of holding up, petting them, and building them tanks, I suppose you just kind of like move them away. Um, but then again, yeah. we could have a later episode on the interior castle. I haven't read it. I don't know what she's talking about, except for parts. So. And if but they were with what we, then like yeah. animals would be everywhere, you know. Yeah, that's right. Heaven would yeah. be just a big old dog park, which, by the way, dogs are the best out of all of them. Anyway, um, so we talked about the beginning stage, the purgative stage, mm-hmm. um, and let's let's now jump into the illuminative stage. So the purgative is kind of purg- purging, turning us away from our earthly attachments, away from sin, and helping us to become more attached to God in the things of um, the, the spiritual life. Now, let's look at illuminative way or the proficient way. It's kind of that middle ground. You're like halfway there. Uh, Bonaventure, yeah. what, what's a quick yeah. overview so, of the proficient? Well, um, so the, this is the illuminative way. Um, in a sense, it's interesting because the purgative way sounds like it'd be more passive. Um, mm-hmm. Things are being purged, uh, and and then the illuminative way would be more um, active, like something's being illuminated. But in a way, it's actually kind of the opposite. The purgative way we've talked about is actually like the beginning stages where your prayer is more intentional. You could say it's more there's there's more direction activity on your part, whereas and you're you're you are attacking the senses, like you're working them out, you're just moving them away, you're you're taking a prayer methods. And particular disciplines in prayer to avoid being attached and focused on the senses um, and the other distractions. And in the illuminative way, we're starting to move away from that, but it is the, it is a more passive sense of purification, say, than the purgation, in that um, they the illumination is coming not from us, but starting a starting to come from God in a more unique or you could say intimate way, mm-hmm, such that. Mm-hmm. The, instead of fighting off external distractions, we're now going to have things from uh, removed from us. So instead of us removing things, it's now things being removed from us. Now this is where you get um, a, the dep- you can get depra- deprivations. Um, there's a sorts of like desolations, not to be confused with the Ignatius kind of desolations of discerning spirits, but there's right, there's a sense right. in 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 um, letting go of our activity and depending more on the action of God here. Mm-hmm. So that it feels like we are being we are we are being passive, we are being purified, but it's not us so much as doing doing the method. It's not like we had the instruction book and we started building it, but rather a building is happening to us. 
and that can feel strange and sometimes like empty uh, and spiritual mm-hmm. dryness kind of comes in with this sort of aspect of things. Um, and I, I think the Dark Knight is actually a, a later. That's that's the Dark Knight of the Soul that John of the Cross talks about is a very deep form of this. And the, the yeah. Dark Knight of the Senses and the Dark Knight of the Soul, those two aspects. Uh, and that's really closer to the mystical unitive way. Uh, we'll talk right. about it in a minute. But it's it's the it's the final thing. So this is, and this isn't like uh, don't confuse this with depression or something or mm-hmm. like being down or despair that kind of stuff. It's more uh, you could say like a pregnant absence is the idea is that you, things are being removed um things are quieter you're not as active in your prayer you're willing to just sit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so there's less activity in a way but there's more conversation and communion you could say we're moving towards that yeah i i think that it's that that kind of transition into interior purifications Right, we see mm-hmm. in the beginning stages kind of an emphasis on the exterior purifications. So things like the virtues of chastity and temperance and that kind of stuff take uh take the center stage. Well, as you move into this kind of proficient, you're starting to see aspects of like interior um, virtues, like interior o- obedience and humility, and those types of things begin to take that center stage, and so it becomes to enter into this like you were saying uh more of an interior purification where the purification is happening inside of us and less activity mm-hmm. less fervor happening around um and there's that constant um quietening in in a sense um where where you're entering in and allowing the interior to to be purified and there's a, a weird sense of um stability that happens Right. It, it's less um, you're seeing less of the like kind of peaks and valleys. And it's kind of like, well, the circumstances of life, the externals can continue to change. But there's a stability into that interior life that is starting to like take root and not dependent on the chaos of circumstances mm. of my life. You know that like mm-hmm. the waves continue to crash, but like it's not um destroying the sandcastle because we're moving to more solid rock now yeah this um, is a it's a sense of in- interior peace i mean if if people are familiar with jacques philippe this kind right, of thing is yeah. what you're moving towards is a sort of inner peace not in the sense of a psychological peace like i'm at rest or what's given from mindfulness you could say mm-hmm, but a mm-hmm. spiritual peace in the sense of in the sense of trusting relying o- obeying I mean, trust is the kind of key there, such that anything that happens doesn't really discombobulate you, not because you have practices of mental psychological skill, but because you're okay with, like, you trust and you, you, you have, it's, it's not just that you're stoically set for this, but that you're, you're, you accept it as a gift of a loving friend, that kind of thing. And I think yeah. that's where, like, those kind of um, prayers of recollection and just pa- prayers of, like, being in the presence and allowing that kind of interior. There's more patience involved. There's more recollection. Um, it's we, we see it's moved from the exterior a little more interior. Um, not complete, but still moving in that direction. Um, yeah, right. yep. All right, let's, let's then talk about the last one. We got the... Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? The unitive or the the perfect in that way, uh, or it is the perfect way. A little bit of I think a, a misnomer because we think perfect as then completed, done, move on on. Um, but this is always uh, something that is in in motion. Um, in but when we get to this kind of unitive way, there is that um, kind of 
complete abandonment and trust um, into that that relationship with God. And so there's mm. this like completion in that sense that we've moved through it all in that things have been purged from exterior attachments now as well as interior attachments so that we have this uh, more profound uh, union where we um, are unified to the will of God in his mm -hmm. movements. And, and there's that perfect union in, in that way. Um, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I think I mean it, it's so it's it, it it's about unitive about love and love is is the is the desire to be united with the object of your affections of your love, um, and I think there's analogy here perhaps with with just romantic love in general, love of yeah. another person that goes yeah. through these three stages. You could say um, you have first kind of the purgative stage of like looking at the externals of the person. Do you like how they look, or how they talk? I mean, just like basic stuff, you know? No one like goes, everyone says, oh, you love what they, you know, love in the heart, this sort of thing. But everyone's attracted initially. Guess what? We're sensate creatures. So like yeah, some yeah, people yeah. are attracted to some people, other people more attracted than others. I mean, you, everyone dresses to attract or you say things that would be attractive. <laughs> so these kind of, ex, you know, and you're, and you're working the external sense. And then when you get involved with someone, you start working the kind of the internal senses of like, do I like, you know, do I actually internally feel good about this person do i do i feel resting with resting with this person do i have a sense of peace with this person am i could i could i be united with this person and you start to look at the more internal qualities and such you move past in some ways the external and just enjoying the behaviors or the expressions or mannerisms and you've you've now um moved to the internal stuff do you like the disposition the character of this person and can you share that and then of course marriage is the union of that such that you you commit yourself now to being one flesh and one one family, which has its own kind of gifts. But it's 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 a now a commitment and a unitingness such that it's you don't ask, oh, you know, I wonder if I should stick. No, no, it's you're you're now bonded in this way. Yeah. You've you've been aiming towards this, but it's threefold. And I think the unitive way it strikes is is aiming for that. You've moved past the kind of initial kind of in, initial experiences, external purifications. Then the internal stuff has prepared you for this um, for this union. And then this is the language of the mystics, which um, you get in, especially the Carmelite tradition, uh, uh, St. Teresa of Jesus, the, so Teresa, the bigger, big Teresa, talks about yeah. being wounded, the wound of love and the arrow and the striking, this sort of thing. So this intense intensity, John of the Cross uh, talks about this as well, and the sort of total conformity with the lover. This is where you get the kind of Song of Songs takes over. Yeah. And you can actually yeah. read that book for the first time and think mm -hmm. what's going on here. To put the bride and the bridegroom, that analogy kind of stuff, and of course yeah. Jesus talks about the bride and bridegroom too. But the mystics take this up as as the actual romantic. Romantic is the analogy for what is going on here: this union of the soul with God, and it's the deepest form, of course. Now uh, that being said, um, I have no idea what this. Exp I have no idea what this is like. No, I have never experienced this. Um, you can only get it by think. I mean, I've you know we're shooting for this. It's all you're aiming for right. something first. First, an intention. It end is always first an intention, the last an execution. Um, so, like this is where we're going for. But um, like deep sea diving is where we're where we're aiming at. Butterflies, whatever analogies want to be, marriage with the Lord. Um, but like, it's it, this is not something you're like. Okay, maybe next year I'll get this right. I mean, the Lord <laughs> can give whatever gifts He wants. But uh, in general, the pattern is uh, this. This takes a while. This is a long engagement period with the Lord. Um, and so I don't. This is. Other than explaining what they say about this, I have no idea what this experience phenomenologically is like. I barely know what proficient is like. I think I've done that like 5% or 2% of my prayer. 
majority right. of my prayer life, 97% of it's in the beginner stage. And, and I've been doing is, Dominican stuff for 10 or 11 years. Right. This is huge. And I, like, this is one of the things, one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this is I think we can get our, it helps us like having these distinctions and delineations, knowing, you know, where our goal is. But I think there's um, far too many times that it's like we we're on this journey and it, it is a little bit of a fluid path. Like we can jump into the proficient like a few times and then we find ourselves back. Like there's elements of this that is always that are always a part of our life, you know, elements of the beginner stage that we need to constantly be purging and becoming less attached to this life because we are finicky. We have frail humanity and we continue to be attached to the earthly pleasures of this life. Um, but the fact is like this is a long process and for those that have you know are new to the faith those that have had recent conversions um to immediately jump to aspects of the proficient life or the per, uh, the unitive way of what that looks like you know we have to be kind of patient with ourselves and allow the holy spirit to direct us and guide us and prepare us so we can constantly grow. And I think that's one of the things I want to uh, communicate as much as possible is ultimately this is the work of the Holy Spirit and, and allow ourselves to constantly follow his inspirations through this, but to not get um, so wrapped up into thinking like, oh, what stage am I right now? Am I the illuminative stage? Oh, you're just a beginner. Or like, it doesn't really matter because the reality is it's, it's just the work of the Holy Spirit that leads us through all of it. Yeah, and I think this is also good. This will tie in, I think, with what um, I think Father Gregory and Father Jacob Bertrand talked about spiritual direction and yeah. whether you need a spiritual yeah. director. Because there's there's a sense in which people think, oh, I need a spiritual director. I should have a spiritual director or something. And I I think I think they 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 are hesitant with that um, that everyone needs this sort of thing. And that's because I think in 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 the ascetical way, in the first way of prayer, for instance, uh, it's not as necessary to have someone else. Mm -hmm. I mean, tell you how to pray in this way. It's just a matter of you doing it and you being open to the Holy Spirit's movements and the inspirations in your life. Um, but these later ways, uh, they they do need, uh, the Carmelite yep. tradition, I think, is consistent, but they do need a spiritual director because you need someone who can actually uh, adjudicate and guide you and take you in this until, you could say, the full un the unitive when you reach that prayer where it's not as necessary. But even then, I mean, Catherine, Catherine you know, uh, sorry, the St. Therese uh, of Jesus and of, uh, is, has a spiritual director, of course, um, so they they still have directors, and that's where you need someone who's wise and and mm -hmm. and uh, in this state has at least reached the proficient stage on a consistent basis, I suspect, um, to help you with that. So it's in a sense, in the first ones, you know, you don't need one, uh, although you can. It's always helpful to have, a, you know, obviously, a, a, yeah. a confessor. But but in the other ones, it it is it is a matter where, and so one sense of like. You know, am I at these stages? Are like, you know, do I do I need a director? And just beyond, maybe you know, you just do what you do. You may not, but uh, at some point you will, if yeah, if yeah. you want to get to these stages. But again, n you know, this is the profession. The, the the illuminative way is is uh, you know, that's a that's a high calling. I mean, this is kind yeah. of a religious life sort of thing. It's hard. And, to, it's just hard. Yeah, and and it's honestly like it's not necessarily up to us. Like we can't work harder. Hmm and force ourselves then to jump levels. And I like that yeah, was, this true. is something we talked about yeah. right before we started recording. It was like, you know, we see what high school sophomores taking AP calculus and stuff to get ahead of everything, to get a jump on it. And I think there's a temptation to see this breakdown, to see these three stages and one's called beginner and the other's called the perfect. Obviously, 
I'm mm-hmm. I'm great at my life. I'm not going to be satisfied with beginner anything. I want to be perfect. Yeah. And so I'm going to work harder to work through the stages because that's not up to us. Like these are gifts of the Holy Spirit. And at the end of the day, it becomes to, or it, it's our work to be more receptive to the Holy Spirit, to surrender ourselves to him and follow him. And so although it's helpful to understand the distinctions here, I think there's a temptation and I would encourage people to not try not to slip into this, that we need to work ourselves through it and, and get there and it's as quickly as possible. Like I've, I've converted, I'm intellectually, I believe in Jesus, I've entered the church and I'm going to start at the beginner. I'm going to give myself a five-year plan. And by the end of that five years, I'm going to be in the unitive way. Like that's just, that's unrealistic. Um, and we yeah. have to just constantly remind ourselves to be uh, docile to the Holy Spirit and allow him to lead us through these areas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's no. That's a good point of the passivity of uh, aiming. You don't. You don't say. You don't make a plan, a schedule of how long you're going to be in the beginner stage until you get to the proficient <laughs> stage. Yeah. But rather, you 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 just do the beginner stuff. You stay. You pray. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And if you find yourself, like I spec caterpillars find themselves all of a sudden cocooning and all of a sudden doing this, uh, they didn't choose to do. Caterpillars aren't choosing to do that. It's it's nature. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, brings that to them in this way as well. The life of prayer, everyone starts at the beginner stage, and it is God who brings you to the other stages as long as you don't resist, uh, but it's still Him bringing you to Him because it's a conversation with Him. And so you rather find yourself in these other stages as opposed to going, moving yourself to these other stages. You're moved there, not moving yourself. Yeah. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up for today. Uh, We'll talk more about prayer and elements of the spiritual life in future episodes, but we want to thank you for joining us on this episode. Uh, Big shout out and big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who uh, sacrifice and help us to uh, produce this podcast on on a regular basis. So we want to thank you. And if you're interested on uh, supporting us, check us out on our website, gospelandy.org, and um, you can join in and become a supporter that way. So please like and share this episode uh, with those that you think it would be helpful for. And uh, yeah, thank you for all that, that you do to support us. It's a joy to, uh, to be a part of this and to support you, our listeners, in this way. Thank you very much, and God bless. Thanks for listening to God's Planning, a work of the Dominican Friars of the province of St. Joseph. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Leave a review on your podcast app and visit us at godsplaining.org.